Has the game passed Lou Lamorello by? A lot of people speculating. We'll delve into that topic. Plus, where do the Islanders' goaltenders rank in the Metropolitan Division? All that and more coming up on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sart tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the weekend edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, maybe something you'd like us to address on the show, feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date throughout this critical offseason of everything happening to the Isles, whether it's trade rumors, free agent signings, hirings, firings, prospect notes, contracts being signed. We'll keep you up to date on everything Islanders related between now and and the start of training camp in September. You know, I've been getting a lot of comments, especially on YouTube, but elsewhere uh, in emails and uh, on Twitter. People saying that the game has passed Lou Lamorello by, that he's too old-fashioned, that he doesn't seem to be able to do well in the salary cap era, that his successes all came before the cap, and... Look, I understand a lot of things. The biggest factor is that these comments are born primarily out of frustration. People see the Islanders uh, missing the playoffs this past year. 31 teams have made at least one move since free agency started. And the Islanders are the only team in the NHL that officially have not made a signing of some kind. And, look, am I going to argue that Lou Lamorello is the best GM in the NHL right now? Like, no, I'm not. Am I going to argue that he's a better GM in 2022 than he was in 2002? No, I'm not going to make that argument. But you got to take into consideration a few things. One of them is that... Lou Lamorello inherited a team with a lot of 
issues. Salary cap issues were inherited. Uh, the lack of goal scoring was inherited. And while I certainly don't agree with every move that Lou Lamorello has made, and I do think some of the things that he has done don't help the team in the long run, I also don't think that they're major factors. I've seen so many people say, oh yeah, players don't want to come here because no facial hair uh, and only low numbers. And quite honestly, those things, while I think they may move the needle a little bit for a few players, like if there's a guy who has, like, okay, uh, if there's a guy who has a big beard and it's a choice between the Islanders and another team and the other team and the Islanders both offered him the same amount of money, would he maybe go to the other team because he could keep his beard? Okay, maybe, maybe, but Realistically speaking, I don't think not being able to use number 85 or not being able to have facial hair are major reasons for the Islanders' failure to sign free agents. Uh, And, I mean, again, it may be a tiebreaker in a couple of instances. It may be something people are taking into consideration a little bit. But, quite honestly, if I'm a player and I feel that I can get the most money and the best opportunity to win joining the New York Islanders. I'm not going to take less money and play for a bad team just because I can't wear a beard or because I can't use a high number. The bottom line is that the Islanders have never been particularly good at signing big-ticket free agents. And whether or not that's going to change, you know, it takes a while to change that reputation. And I think more than the facial hair thing and more than the uh, numbers thing, the biggest obstacles preventing the Islanders from signing big-ticket free agents right now is... A, the possibility that Lou Lamorello may not be there beyond this year. His contract is up. He's over 80. He may not be coming back. He may retire. I think that's a factor. The Islanders' salary cap situation, I think, is a factor. I think the Islanders' team age is a factor. And I think for offensive-minded players, the fact that the Islanders have a reputation of being a defense-first team and that players on the Islanders, you know, you're going to lose some of your stats. If you're a 30-goal guy, you may only go to 25 goals. If you're a 50-point defenseman, you'll go down to 42-44. I think that has something to do with it. And the age of this team overall and the cap crunch means... Hey, if I sign with the Islanders and I'm a really good player getting top dollar, they're not even going to have the guys they have now because they have to trade away uh, a Bavillier or a Palmieri or a Bailey or whoever it may be in order to get cap room for me to do my thing. 
the fact that so many of these players are on the wrong side of 30. If I want to sign a seven or eight year deal and I believe there is a, uh, a rebuild in two or three years when all these guys get older, I'm not so eager to sign that long deal. So I think those are also factors. Now, that being said, I don't always agree with the way Lou Lamorello has gone about things. I think he should have been more aggressive in trades and in trying to sign free agents. I think his decision at the trade deadline to not move out veteran players who could have gotten him draft picks or freed up some cap space or prospects, even if they're mid-level prospects. Yeah, it was a good, humane thing to do. It was respectful, but it didn't maximize helping this hockey team. And quite honestly, you know, if you're a professional hockey player and with eight weeks left in the season, you're not willing to be traded for a couple of months for a shot at a playoff run off a team that's not going to make a playoff run. Yeah, I don't I don't really understand that decision. If you can't accept that, you're in the wrong business. Um, so I, I, I disagree with some of the moves Lou Lamorello has made, some of the decisions to re-sign some of the older players. But overall, I think his track record speaks for itself. I think the fact that the Islanders not only made the playoffs three years in a row, but won around three years in a row and went to the conference finals in two of those years. When was the last time the Islanders did that? They hadn't been in the conference finals since 1993. Yeah, that was when Bill Clinton just took office as president for his first term. Uh, I, I think the accomplishments of Lou Lamorello outweigh the problems, and I'm not saying there aren't problems. Do I think the game has passed Lou Lamorello by? No. Do I think he could do some things better and some things differently? Absolutely. And we'll see if he pulls off those hockey trades and those moves that he needs to make to get this team into contention again before the offseason is over. We have got more to get to on today's show. When we come back, we'll break down where the Islanders stand. We had Sportsnet up in Canada ranking each team's goalies, top two in each division. Where did the Islanders stand in the Metro? We'll talk about that and whether we agree with it. All that plus our Islanders birthday of the day coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live, in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening now. BetOnline, where the game starts. Which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Well, starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL, wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. So, Sportsnet in Canada was ranking 
the goaltending duos for all 32 teams in the league by division. And it's interesting that the they go to the Metropolitan Division. And, and look, let, let's go around the league quickly. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, the Lightning, one. The Panthers, two. The Red Wings, three. In the Pacific Division, the Flames, then the Canucks, then the Oilers. And in the Central Division, the Predators were one, followed by the Stars and the Jets, with the defending Stanley Cup champion Avalanche coming in fourth. But let's get to the Metropolitan Division. Eighth, the Philadelphia Flyers. No big surprise there. The Devils were seventh, and I think that's after you assume Mackenzie Blackwood is healthy, and they added Vitek Vanacek as the backup. The Blue Jackets are in the sixth position. The Penguins are fifth. Fourth, the Washington Capitals. The Carolina Hurricanes are third. The Islanders placing second. Here's what the article said. There might be questions elsewhere on the Islanders roster, but the club remains all set in net. Sorokin turned in a dominant 2020, uh, 2021-2022 season, becoming one of the very best goaltenders in the game. After two years of great performances, more of the same should be expected next time around. But unlike some of the other clubs who boast all-world tenders, the Islanders have a borderline elite number two as well in Varlamov, who's only a year removed from getting Vezina votes himself. The duo should remain a game-changer on the island next season. The only team in the Metropolitan Division who ranked ahead of the Islanders, according to Sportsnet, is the New York Rangers with Igor Shosturkin and Yaroslav Halak. And look, let's face it, uh, Shosturkin won the Vesna, got nominated for the heart, took the Rangers on a deep playoff run. If re, uh, recent Recency bias is part of the equation. No surprise that the strong recent performances of Igor Shosturkin put him atop this list. But I'll tell you something else. The Islanders are capable of reclaiming that number one spot on this list without a lot of difficulty. And I think depth-wise... I think Varlamov is well, much better than Halak at this stage in Yaros Halak's career. And I don't think Shesterkin is that much better than Sorokin. So if you're going overall, who has the better number one? Right now, I think you got to give Shesterkin the edge. He's probably, probably the best goalie in the National Hockey League, as much as it pains me to say that right now. I think it's either him or Vasilevsky. But... Right now, Sorokin, certainly in the conversation for best goalie of the year. And I don't know too many teams that would have a better backup than Semyon Varlamov. He's more of a 1B to Sorokin's 1A. And the one thing you know, if you're a New York Islanders fan, is that if Sorokin were to get injured for any length of time, you know, if he's healthy, Semyon Varlamov is more than capable of playing 6, 10, 15 games as your starter where, you know, if you're without Sorokin for 15 games, you can get Varlamov to play 11 of those games easily. 
bring up whether it's Corey Schneider if he returns or if you bring up uh, Jakob Skarek and he plays two or three of those 15 games, all of that is a distinct possibility. But I would take the Islanders duo, top to bottom, over just about any other team in the league. So as far as I'm concerned, yeah, the Islanders are probably second in the Metropolitan Division, but they're not very far behind the Rangers. And with a solid season and better defense on the part of the Islanders, if they get back to the team defense they were playing the two years prior to last year, very little doubt in my mind that the New York Islanders could once again retake that top overall spot in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, as far as goaltending goes, it's very, very close, and it's an interesting set of analysis if you want to check it out at uh, sportsnet.ca. We have got more to get to on today's show. We will talk about our Islanders' birthday of the day. The first starting goaltender in Islanders history. We'll go back and take a look at that. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on this episode of the Locked on Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders birthday of the day. And today is the 78th birthday former Islanders netminder Jerry Desjardins. Desjardins uh, was the starting goaltender for the Islanders in their very first season, had 44 games played in that difficult 72-73 season, Uh, split time more or less with Billy Smith in the second season, and then jumped over to the WHA to play with the Michigan Stags slash Baltimore Blades, came back to the NHL at the end of that season when that franchise went belly up and helped the Buffalo Sabres reach the Stanley Cup final that year, finished his career with the Sabres before being with the Islanders. He was with the LA Kings and the Chicago Blackhawks. And, you know, Desjardins, the native of Sudbury, Ontario, you know, he broke his arm and it didn't heal properly. And so his arm was on on a funny angle, and I think that kind of made him uh, a unique goalie to play against. And he was very capable, even if uh, some of the Islander teams that were in front of him really did struggle a lot of the time. We're going to go back and look at one of Jerry Desjardins' better games with the Isles. He was an acrobatic kind of a goalie, the kind of goalie who, with the Islanders, would stand on his head and make a lot of big saves, but because the early expansion Islanders didn't have a lot of talent on offense or defense, he wouldn't always do well. My first ever hockey game that I saw, Desjardins was in the net, and the Islanders lost 3-2, to but he was unbelievable. So, you know, one of those situations where not a lot of support, but he kept the Islanders in a lot of games they didn't belong in. December 11th, 1973, one of Jerry Desjardins' better games with the Isles, Islanders, hosting the California Golden Seals, Bob Shampoo, the goalie for the Seals, Desjardins obviously in net for the Isles, and it was Burt Marshall, the defenseman and former Seal, getting the Islanders on the board first, his first goal of the year from Ralph Stewart at 336. 
Isles up 1-0. But then the Seals come back. Ivan Boldarev, his eighth. From Craig Patrick and Marshall Johnston, two future coaches and general managers in the NHL, uh, that ties the game at 9:21, and then in the final minute of the period, with Bob Nystrom off for cross-checking, the late Bob Stewart makes it two to one seals his second. Gary Crato and Ivan Boldarev with the assists. After 20 minutes, Isles down by a goal, but the Islanders tie it early in the second. Ralph Stewart is ninth from Brian Spinner Spencer and Dennis Potvin, who was then a rookie. That goal at 2:51 makes it 2-2. The Islanders get into power, uh, penalty trouble again. Bob Nystrom, this time off for elbowing Craig Patrick. His fourth from Boulder, Evan Crotto at 7:21. Isles trail 3-2. But then the Islanders' power play gets revved up. Marshall Johnston of the Seals off for hooking. Ed Westfall, the captain. His fifth from Dennis Potvin and Jean Potvin. We are even at three after two periods of play. In the third... The Islanders to the power play. Hilliard Graves of the Seals off for tripping Billy Harris, the first ever draft pick in Islanders history. His seventh from Lorne Henning and Dennis Potvan at 5.22. Isles up 4-3. Then the Islanders get an empty net goal from Bobby Nystrom, his fifth. Ralph Stewart, the only helper there. And with six seconds left, Dennis Potvan, his seventh from Bob Nystrom. The Islanders skate away with a 6-3 win. 36 saves for Jerry Desjardins in a game that he was out, uh, the Islanders were outshot 39-32, to but Desjardins, 36 saves and a big home win for the Islanders, the fifth win that year for the Isles and the fifth win in the Al Arbor era. They win improved the Islanders' record to 5-14-7. Yeah, they were struggling back then, no doubt about it. But as the year went on, the Islanders got better. And with the help of Jerry Desjardins, they cut their goals against from their first season to their second season by 100. Thanks to Al Arbor's system, the improved talent level, and the goaltending of Billy Smith and Jerry Desjardins. So once again, happy 78th birthday to Jerry Desjardins. He is our Islanders' birthday of the day. So, one thing I want to let everybody know, next week, uh, we go into off-season mode officially. We will go down to three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We will still bring you all the big news. If the Islanders make a big trade or a big free agent signing, I will not stick to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday situation. I will get an episode up and live ASAP so you don't have to wait uh, to get that analysis and that Islanders news. I'm going to be on top of it. But barring any big moves, we're going to be at three shows a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, until training camp gets underway in September. want to thank everyone for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL, all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked on NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast. And just to let you know a little secret, I host the Monday edition of Locked on NHL and co-host the Friday edition, so I'd love it if you checked it out. 
That does it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Love to hear your feedback on what I had to say about Lou Lamorello. Uh, feel free to comment on YouTube or to hit me up on Twitter or via email. I'd love to hear what everyone else is thinking. Again, I'm basing my opinions off what I see and what people are saying on Twitter as far as so many people thinking that uh, Lou Lamorello is, you know, the game has passed him by. I wouldn't go that far, but I do have what I feel are some legitimate criticisms of the way he's handled this team, especially this offseason. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stay cool. It's, it's hot out there. And stay safe. And, of course, let's go Islanders.